Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk About Stoke Dock podcast. Let's get into it. Yeah, so we're, we're going to do a review of both of our latest games. Uh, this is a, a two-in-one, killing two birds with one stone podcast. We're going to discuss the whole game on Saturday and the Huddersfield game on Wednesday night. We're doing this on a Thursday. We will, in future, stick to our actual schedule oh, and do it on Tuesdays, unless there are midweek games. Right, so, off we go. Right, where do we start here? We start with Hull. Uh, our lineup was the same as before uh, against Wigan, which was a bit bizarre, except for the fact that Ashley Williams was replaced by Bruno, who's come back from injury. Some people, of course, saying this, you know, when Bruno got injured, it was a blessing in disguise. Or maybe it was in the way that we learnt a lesson uh, and we gave Martin Zindy a rest. We learnt the lesson that Martin Zindy is a good defender and we probably need him. That's that's what we learned. Some people say, no, I don't think Martin Zindy was good. I think you'll find Shawcross had an up to his game, which I think he did for this one. Yeah, I think he performed well. I think he was much better than the previous games. He allowed us a bit more breathing room at the back, if you will. It was much more... I mean, it was still quite slow passing wise at the back, but it was... Sort of opening us up to different chances coming from the back where we didn't have to worry about Shorts being too slow to get there or uh, not passing it at the right yeah. time. Also, when we were knocking it around the defence, felt we did quite well. At this point, I feel like we should tell you the result. I think you know anyway. Uh, we won 2-0. Um, we... Came into the game, we still look like a team who hasn't won since January um, against Huddersfield, that was. Wow, how long ago was that? Jesus. Paul Lambert's first game. Exactly. To all you, Paul Lambert's the greatest. <laughs> yeah, look at that start. Um, yeah, well, we started off, like I say, like we hadn't won. Because we hadn't, and it... Yeah, we still a bit of yeah, an underlying nerve in, you know, how we played, but we still we pushed on. Hull were, you know, they looked quite open and we were able to exploit that and we pushed forward and got a few corners. Uh one of them we won another corner off it and then the next one, um I believe their right back Liage, um was, you know, knocked over, took a knock to the head, which enabled Shawcross to get into space. Just about um, missed it. Then we had another corner uh, a couple of minutes later, which um, was quite clearly rehearsed, which is quite impressive for Stoke. We usually just lump it in. Well, yeah, we're great at not rehearsing Every the time corners. there's a corner now, you see the bloke come out of the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the dugout. Callum Davidson comes out and goes, oh, you there and you there. It's like, wow, I it's feel very like we've got a functional... No listening. I feel like we've got a functional bench again. I know, yeah, Which people Mark up. Hughes just did not care whatsoever for corners. It was like, sometimes it looks rehearsed. 
sometimes it just looked sloppy. When it was sloppy, nobody was on the sideline going, oh, yeah, don't you remember? You should be there, you know, that sort exactly. of thing. Exactly. So um, with that preparation and uh, effort came rewards. James McLean's first goal for the club. And arguably, James McLean's first good game for the club. Is that is that fair? I wouldn't even say arguably. I'd just say definitely. I don't think anybody else can look at his other games and think he's done next to anything. He's not pulled up any trees so far, put it that yeah, he's way. He's pulled more it? down than he's put up. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, uh, he's green... Uh, green uh, Fingerprint, whatever you call it, is is not good. But now he footprint. <laughs> carbon footprint. That's the one. But yeah, now, now he's managed to uh, to get get a good performance in you. We would think that. Thought that I'd say this would allow him to be really better. Fingerprint <laughs> is a bit weird. Uh, yeah, it's good that we've uh, you know that he's kicked on and he had quite a good game and he started off with a goal, which is always. A good so well usually always a good sign. After that, we eased the nerves a bit and we carried on with what we were doing, just you know pushing on, but with more confidence. And we had a couple more yeah. chances. And the thing I was particularly impressed in, and it's still impressive, just looking at the stats, we the possession we managed to hold, and and not like past games, you know, over the past couple of years where. If we ever do have possession, it's like, oh, God, just get on with it. This isn't getting us anywhere. You know, the possession was useful and it wasn't, you know, we weren't endangering ourselves by being in it. It wasn't like, you know, someone's going to make a mistake in a minute. The days of Philip Volscheid, oh, how I love it. Um, That's a bit weird. Uh, the uh, Anyway, uh... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the possession we held was quite good. It was positive. And Atebo, Allen, Martina, Juf and Berihino, they were really fluid together. Uh, and then McLean came into it sometimes. It was just really fluid. Yeah, just really, really fluid. I couldn't believe the strength of the team as a whole, to be honest. After the first, you know... Four performances, we kind of, you know, four poor performances, that's a tongue twister. We we never really look like a team, we look more like individuals. Like, if you asked an opposition fan, or oh, what do you think, you know, what do you see in Stoke? And they all go, oh, you know, we, we were all well impressed with the signing of Joe Allen. And you're like... Well, yeah, he's a good player, but so far, he hasn't, either A, he hasn't had anyone good to link up with, or B, he hasn't been linking up with someone. So, you know, it was like a team of individuals. Now it looks like a team. It does. It looks like a team that that actually knows each other, a team that's met at least twice. Because it looked look before like a team of strangers who'd decided to, as, as as I think we used the analogy last time, come to a charity football match with Jarvis Cocker and different. But, I mean, it looked more like a charity football match with 
Ronaldinho and Gattuso taking part this time <laughs> instead. I think it was much more uh, fluid. He had a much better sort of... Exactly. It looked like the type of charity football match that Johnny Wilkes would get involved in. It was it was very good. Um, like I say, just the togetherness was good. The uh, the team as a whole worked well. The possession, as I've said multiple times now, probably your ears hurt from the word possession. I've said it so many times. It was just useful. And Martina uh, kind of came inside in a kind of Guardiola-esque role, you know, helping the midfield out and then moving back out again, overlapping, getting a few passes off with Juf, putting Juf in, giving it to Juf so he could be put in. And gen generally, his crossing, are almost pinpoint. Sometimes it's just, it's just the player who he was aiming for had just overran or, you know, had underran or just couldn't get to it. It was, some of the crossing was amazing and miraculously, after the first couple of games, so was McLean's because McLean was actually beating people on the dribble. Uh, and that was just, just unbelievable, really. Um, he was able to push past someone and, you know, do him. Hello, Bailey. Bailey's obviously. You did good work for once, I think. You could actually spot that you had some talent, which is, you know, sounds dreadful, but after his first appearance where he said he didn't pull up many trees, I think you could see that there was a good worker in there. I mean, as dreadful as he was in his first couple of performances, he always gave 100% and that is, you know, the best you can ask for, really. Uh, yeah, some people, including myself, I mean, it feels more like an excuse than, you know, a positive, you know, trait. The whole, oh yeah, he didn't do much, but he was working hard thing. Like, why can't he work hard to do much? <laughs> like, that, that's what I want to see. He can't work hard and end up doing nothing, surely that's... And today he did, well, not today, on the day he did, uh, and that was, you know, very impressive. And then we move into the second half, of course. Uh, in which we, once again, there were more chances where Martino and Juf and Atebo and Allen all linked. Uh, there was another chance in the first half which I just missed off to be where um, Berlino was about to stay quite strong off a couple of passes from uh, down the right-hand side, started by Atebo. Berlino uh, does seem to be coming yeah. to life as of since season's opened. That's cool. And we'll get on to that as well later, which is the most amazing thing I think I've said all uh, all three episodes of this podcast. Now <laughs> it's uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah, this chance created, as said, by a couple of uh, players down the right-hand side came to Verino in the first half, and he was very strong, and he shot first time, which, um, which like I say, impressed us. 
because obviously one thing that comes with a lacking confidence, which we've seen from players like Shaqiri as well it, last season when we started the decline, was just running across the box and never getting a shot across because you were scared to. And it was quite refreshing to see Verhino, you know, pull that one yeah. off. So now we move into the second half. Uh, and, you know, we uh, we were doing well again. They, I think they had like five minutes of, you know, the ball. Yeah. Not in one time, but, you know, all together. Probably saw the ball for about five minutes. And then, you know, we still carried on pushing on. And it's just really impressive, impressive from the Dutchland. Uh, it's really impressive. Uh, that we can carry on with this because I don't think you know it's been literally ages. Even when we won uh, beat Huddersfield, they still were able to score. It's really refreshing yeah. and impressive to see a Stoke team carry on with the same mentality in a game. It, it was just a, quite good to be honest. And we carried on pushing on. Same sort of chances, really. I don't think Hull adapted particularly well, which you know. A uh, few people say, were we actually good or were Hull just terrible? Well, yeah, we were good. But against a harder team, uh, maybe one thing I've missed out is uh, Eric Peters early on put a crossing that was hardly crossing, like more of a pass to an advertising holding. Well, yeah. And uh, just for people who say that Hull oh, were just bad, yeah, we but we were good. And if we just iron out the little creases, because obviously against teams that are better than Hull, uh, we won't have as many chances. And we can't waste them like we did the, with the Peters one. But overall, the majority of the chances we have, we did take. So that was a positive. Definitely. We were able to create more chances as well. Again, that may be at the detriment of, you know their poor form or whatever you might think of Hall. But we we made more chances. Yes. But we were also in poor form. So, so. Yeah. We had eleven shots compared to their four, five of which were on target. Which is yeah, very good. But the fact that they're not on target in in the regards of the fact that we hardly have any shots ever or don't take them enough. That is positive that we've been trying in the first place because exactly that's one thing as well. Atebo had a few driven shots in the second half, um, and then um, one more passing move, very similar. Martina comes inside, takes the ball, gives it to a uh, Allen who gives it to Atebo, lofts it back to Martina, you know, does a run, um, and once again. We see the whole defence being broken open uh, by our attack. And Juve's able to get a shot on from the right-hand side of goal. It takes a deflection off their centre-back, I think. And then it goes in. And Man Juve, well, would say got on the score sheet, but own goal, apparently. That's how important yeah. the deflection was. But however much you say, oh, it's just a deflection... Definitely, definitely the game looked like it was going that way. 
And um, when he did, it was quite impressive. Just to uh, point out, uh, I mean, we did get against Wigan, the shooting stats were... I mean, we did get nine shots, uh, but none on target. Uh, so it sort of shows how much we're more we're taking our chances. Yeah. I mean, we might have maybe enough, but we we definitely haven't been taking them. And the fact that we just have, well... That's shows we can we start do. to push on from here now. Because, you know, when we look... You know, people were saying, oh, you know, it was only a bad game against Leeds a couple of weeks ago. When we do against Brentford, people were going, oh, we should move on from here. And the podcast we even created was like, with the gist of, oh, maybe this way we push on. But now, it looks like most... And granted, there are still problems there, but I think every team in the Championship has problems there, and, and even in the Premier League. Exactly, yeah. And um, if we can just lightly, not even fully iron out those creases, then we we can look to have a good season now, I think. Uh, so, yeah, it's 2-0, that's where we're. And then finally, because this podcast can take forever, if we do the Oddsfield game as well. So, uh, Evandro was sent off, um, which, uh, to make the point, uh, Wigan were, of course, you know, when they had, well, sorry, when we had a man sent off, Wigan were already ahead by three. And it was the same here, it kind of mirrored it. So, you can't take anything away from Stoke's performance by saying, Oh well, you know that doesn't matter because you had a they had a man sent off. No, no, it genuinely we were good before then, and we just we kicked on from there. And oh, we were really unfortunate not to get anything. To be honest, it was um yeah, it was really good. Um, so yeah, now let's move on to the Huddersfield game. So the Huddersfield game, we haven't really got much to say about this one. Being having you know, not being there. It was midweek and we, uh, you know, we didn't end up going. We didn't have any tickets. It was we? pay on the door. Um, however, you know, that that wasn't to be, unfortunately. And it um, wasn't a packed stadium probably due to the midweek, you know, event. Uh, but, you know, it was against Premier League side who, although arguably some people will say, you know, they were quite bad last season. Or, you know, they were almost as bad as relegation. They are still from the elite side. And we didn't just beat them. We beat them 2-0. So, um... We're good, aren't we? Positive result. Uh, and not really, as I've already said, much to say on this one. Uh, other than, well... How incredibly amazing it is that we've won two, you know, back-to-back games. It's it's just stunning. It's just the fact that I haven't been able to say that for ages. It's it's almost a massive shock that I thought I'd never be able to say it again. And uh, now we have. Uh, and another sentence we never thought we'd hear daily. What? The Huddersfield game. What do you think? Um. Oh, let me think. Or oh, this might be difficult. 
dead lady. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, uh, there's. I don't think anything too surprising happened, you know. Berahino scored. Oh, yeah. Berahino scored. Um, Berahino. Berahino. Sloppy. Saigo <laughs> Berahino scored. Yeah. Last time he scored, February 2016. Uh, it was a header. Oh, my God. Um, it was a it was a header. I would say it was a hell of a header, but it it wasn't a hell of a. It head. was a good looping header. Yeah, to get it on target, but I and mean, then the clearance wasn't successfully made. It was, it was yeah. a thing of magic. Uh, still can't believe it. All the players came over to celebrate. It's just a genuinely a very good, you know, not a good goal, but a. Good event, something that we need to happen because once again there were these things, these challenges that we we've had uh, since you know, since we come into the championship and since we started on bad form, that we just need to you know overcome, kind of like the confidence issue and one of those massive hurdles, stroke challenges that we need to overcome, was the lack of scoring. We try, we have tried for you know. Brought a new striker in, which, which is looking to be working in Benicapove. And now, finally, finally, I can say that the striker we bought years ago is now available as, you know, a scoring candidate. Sardavellino scored. I mean, he was brilliant in all the other games. He was one of the brightest sparks. And... Just heavily deserved, honestly. There's, I've never, you know, I've never seen someone work so hard for something. For all, for all the praises that, uh, you know, McLean gets for his all, I'm all work hard and all that. He was very good. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was just a very good event, and we can kick on from that now. And that's the impressive thing, hopefully. Uh, yeah, then. This game, as far as I can tell, it was very, you know, half and half. And then, you know, in that way, yeah, where obviously it's a Premier League team. Whereas, you know, Notts Forest beat Newcastle quite controversially, but they were, you know, they beat them 3 1. There was a Peno at the shout at the end for Newcastle, and then they went up the other end and scored again. But, you know, they looked a bit more comfortable. Not more comfortable, but their game. You know, they dominated a bit more than we did. It was very back and forth from what I can tell. But then then there's reasons you lose some things. And the 90th minute, you know, when a team really wants a goal and there's a corner, they bring the goalkeeper down and they think that'll be a good idea. And sometimes a goalkeeper really makes an impact. Rarely does a goalkeeper, though, really make an impact. Very rarely. This time he did not make an impact, Jonas Lurzel. And um, it was cleared by Darren Fletcher. Uh, no, sorry, it was cleared. Then it was put back in. And then it was cleared by Fletcher. Uh, and then, um, guess what? Their player got the ball. Lurzel was still running back. The Kuna got the ball. And then for some reason he just whacked it back as if uh, as if Lerzo was actually in goal. Even if he was in goal, terrible pass. And he just went flying in the net. 90 minutes, that was the end of the game. And 
Well, sometimes you've got to... <laughs> you deserve to be, uh, uh, you know, eliminated. And that was definitely one of them moments. Yeah, that we can't really say much more about the Huddersfield game. Uh, but that, that's all really got to I think, say. overall, it shows a positive step to win back-to-back games. And it brings a much better vibe and a much bigger chance of us getting something, hopefully three points, at West Brom. Now, yes, it indeed does. Uh, now, we one thing we have forgot to do, or almost forgot to do, is the review of the game. We're not going to do a review of the Huddersfield game due to not knowing enough about it, only knowing... Is he in man of the match? Yeah. So, who was your man of the match for the game against Hull? My man of the match for the game against Hull was... Uh, Darren Fletcher, because he was on the pitch, according to someone else. <laughs> Stoke. Yeah, someone uh, thought no. Darren Fletcher. Uh, got Darren Fletcher and Bojan mixed up. Yes. That's anyway, my match is Peter Etebo, or Etebo, as I call him. Some other people call him Etebo. He Tell was very good, evening. wasn't he? Well, why do you think he was the man of the match? Because his distribution was brilliant. His link-up play with Alan was second to none. It was, it, it was almost like he made the team work. He he passed things around when when we weren't being fluid enough, and he made the team fluid. He 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 turned ice into water. You know, what I mean? like it suddenly flowed better. We were all just standing there like statues. Then he got on the ball. He encouraged movement. He moved through the park, even though yeah. everybody else was Everything standing was still. Fluid, he was yeah. He was, he was the game for Stoke, really. Which he is also why, despite me saying earlier I wasn't going to make this person the man of the match, I'm going to give it to Cuco Martinez. And I think that both these players are equally deserving and especially impressive for Martinez being his debut. He hasn't played for a while, so he's not, you know, he's probably not 100% fit from what I can, you know, from what you'd understand of the length of time that he hasn't played for, but he had an amazing game. And he, him and Etabert were definitely the centrepieces of the team. Everything went through them. The amount of runs Martina made that, that opened up the field for Stoke were just amazing. His, his crossing was pinpoint. It was, it was just a really, really good debut. And that is where we're going to leave that and move on to worst player which once again is going to be Ellie Peters and once again he was just awful it was amazing uh, I'm not going to dwell on this one too much but he's just got to improve for us to go anywhere right I think that'll be it uh, we should wrap it up there yeah. anyway we'll see you on Tuesday night hopefully after our clash with West Brom <laughs> Up the mic to Potter. See you after we go into the Hawthorns. Come on, you Potters.